wrong in a community, if something is wrong, um, just wherever we are at as God's people, then it's our fault. It's the fault of the Christian. And I get this from Second Chronicles. Let me read it to you. It's in Second Chronicles chapter 7, in verse 14, the Bible says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. And so right now we see a lot of bad things that are going on in the world. We see a lot of bad things that are, that are just transpiring. And God puts the emphasis on us as his children to seek his face and to pray. And when we do that, he promises that he'll our land. And so whether it's the big world, the big country, the big state, the big surrounding area, or our big homes or little homes, then we have a responsibility to be able to seek the Lord and to pray. And God's will is being done. God has a remnant. He has people all over this world, and people are getting saved. And so God's not done. God's not like taking a nap or resting or not on his J-O-B. He's doing what he said he would do. And so that's kind of the foundation of what the Lord had put on my heart. And then I'll read you out of Acts chapter 1. And the disciples come to Jesus, and, and, or Jesus, after his, before, right before his ascension, he is going to um, basically give them their marching orders for what they're going to do until he returns. And I find this exchange interesting. It's in Acts chapter 1, and starting at verse 4, the Bible says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait from the promise of the Father, which he said you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And so they're looking forward to the restoration of Israel. They're looking forward to, well, Lord, is, is the end of the world going to come? New heaven, new earth, what's going on? And notice Jesus' response. He says in verse 7, And he said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And so on one hand, we should know that through the signs of the times, we're close to the end, we're at the end, the Lord's return is imminent, it's, it's at any moment. But that's God's business. That's for God to deal with. That's for God in his prescribed manner and the way he wants to do it, when he wants to do it, he will take care of that. And so for us, he says, but you, on the other hand, shall receive power. When the Holy Spirit has come upon you, power to do what? To be witnesses. The word witness is martis. To be a witness, to die, if you will, to die for your faith in this world. To die in the sense to self. Not necessarily die. You can definitely, there's martyrs all over the world right now in these last days. But a dying to self so that you can do what? You could be my witness in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria. And to the uttermost parts of the world. 
When we think of those four categories, Jerusalem speaks of a home base. So think about your home and your home base. It's that sphere that you live in, that circle that you live, where people come in that circle, people step out of that circle, where you have influence and people are influencing you. That's Jerusalem, your home base. It could be your home church. It could be where you work, your office, your place of employment. It could be definitely your family and your extended family and those people. That's Jerusalem. That's your Jerusalem, your home, where you reside. But from Jerusalem, we go to Judea. And Judea spreads out to California, maybe even to the country. And then Samaria speaks of the outcasts, those people that, for whatever reason, are marginalized, those people that are put down, those people that... I, the way I like to think of Samaria is the people that we, as the church, sometimes don't even think about. We, we sit there and we give people categories and we give them names so that we can put them in, in these comfortable boxes in our minds, maybe so that we won't be bothered with the fact that maybe God wants us to reach those people. Maybe God wants us to love those people. Maybe God wants us to reach out to those people. They're the outcast. So not just the outcasts of society, but our outcasts. If you think about the Jews of Jesus' day and who he's speaking to, the Samaritans were half-breeds, half-Assyrian, half-Israelite um, or Jew. And those who were in Jerusalem, they had no dealings with those of Samaria. They would walk around Samaria. They wouldn't go through Samaria. And I love John chapter 4 where Jesus says, I must go through Samaria. Why? He had an appointment with a Samaritan woman that he would ultimately bring to faith. And so for us, there's a lot of people like that, guys. A lot of people. We see the homeless. And many times Christians will think, well, well they're homeless because they don't have their lives together. And, and, and because they're drug addicts and they're alcoholics. And if they would just clean their life up, well... There, but for the grace of God, go I. And we never know. We never know the story behind those eyes. We, we never know the true condition of those people. We never know how they got there. And maybe it was a series of bad choices. But God loves them. God wants to reach them. God wants us to be an extension of his love for them. And so again, whatever people groups or individuals that we see as the outcast or those that are untouchable, nobody's untouchable for God. God loves Bruce Jenner as he loves Caitlyn Jenner. Loves, he loves both of them. He loves Caitlyn Jenner, whether she had a sex change or not. And he wants to reach those people. He wants to love those people. He wants the church to be an extension of that love. And not to, to come and judgmental and clean your act up and get your life together first. And then maybe you can come to God. Because that's not how any of us get saved. And that's not how any of us got saved. We got saved because God reached down into the pit, into the miry clay that we found ourselves, and he delivered us. And so again, whoever those outcasts are, whoever those untouchables are, whatever that group is, let's love. Let's reach them. Let's pray for them. And then you have the uttermost parts of the world. So he says, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. And if we look at our world right now, our world is in chaos. Our world is struggling. Our world is very topsy-turvy and confused. And 
the priorities of the world are, are just lost. But at the very same time, you see the world is playing into the hands of what the Bible said the world would look like in the last days. And if you read the Bible and study the Bible, then you begin to discover it's exactly the way God said it would be. If you were to read Ezekiel chapter 38 and 39, you would see that the nations that would turn their backs on Israel in the last days, right before the end of the age, the end of the world, those nations are turning their back on Jerusalem right now. And they are poised and positioned to attack them and to destroy them. And it's interesting because in the list of nations that are there, there are surrounding countries that aren't against Israel. And they're not against Israel for various reasons. Some of them are economic. Some of them are they have their own internal struggles and they don't, they're not in a position to be able to battle or they're just indifferent. But not every single person that's, or nation that surrounds Israel is against them. Only the ones that the Bible prophesied 3,000 years ago? Wow, God really knows what he's talking about. And that's exactly where we're at right now. So when we pray for our world, we look at ISIS. We look at just the threat of this global terrorism. And there's an enemy behind it. There's a spirit behind it. And we need to pray for God's will to be done. And I always struggle as I read and study. I'm like, all right, Lord, do I pray that it continues to get bad because and then you're going to come and that'll be a good thing. Yay. Or do I pray that you stop it? What do I do? And so no matter what we pray, it's good to pray as Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. Lord, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. So if I'm praying the wrong thing, cancel me out and just, Lord, your will be done. And this is what I know we can always pray because the Bible says in in the book of Peter that God is not willing that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. We could always pray for salvation. We could always pray that people who are stuck in some false religious system, whether it's demonic or just tweaked, um, Lord, save them, rescue them, deliver them. And so this is what I want to do. I'm going to invite one of the uh, ministry leaders up, and we'll pray for Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the world. I set up a little microphone right here. Well, I didn't set it up. Our trusty crew did. So, Joshua, where's Joshua? Why don't you come forward? Let's, uh, I didn't tell anybody I'd do this that way, you know, it's spontaneous and, well, what am I praying for? Hold on, I'm burping a egg roll. You got it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, so I'll have you pray for, let's start outside. Okay, when we think of the world what are, what are some of the pressing things that we want to pray for for our world? Just think of the big circle. The world. What are, what are some issues that the Lord is placing upon your heart as you see in this world? Anybody? Go ahead. Okay, sex trafficking is big. We had somebody come not too long ago and tell us about that. So that's a big issue in the world. And that's marginalization on a gigantic scale. Okay? Motivation is money. Power? Okay, soft in heart. So we have hard hearts that are taking place right now in our world. Eric? Okay, a lot of depression, a lot of anxiety that I'm seeing in our world, again, going on. 
Um, we went to a, an apologetics conference, and they went from selfism, uh, what was it, social relativism leads to, that was the last one. Um, all of these isms basically gets to mysticism where people are empty from the materialism and the selfism, and they realize this stuff isn't fulfilling me. It's not satisfying me. A lot of depression because of that, where self-centered focus will just depress us all. Okay, Gina? A lot of terrorism, okay? So those are our issues. Joshua, just lift up our world, and let's pray together. Uh, Dear Father God, we just come before you, Lord, and we just want to lift up uh, just our country and our nation and just the world, Lord, as the struggles are real out there and people are really struggling and just wanting to find a way to, to overcome these things, Lord. We just lift up all the depression and anxiety that all of us struggle with, Lord, all across the world and at home and abroad, just the hearts that are broken and just the lost people that are searching for ways to fulfill the just the hurt that they have inside of them, Lord. I just lift up um, the human sex trafficking people that are just caught in this this web of just abuse and just things they shouldn't be having to go through, Lord. I just pray that you would just send people, send your people to just set them free, Lord, that you would just have your hand upon them and give them the strength to just endure the things that they're going through, Lord, and ultimately just the wisdom to turn to you and just to seek your face, Lord God, that that they would just have a strong, cemented faith in you. Um, and just pray for just the terrorists, Lord, just for ISIS and all these groups that are coming against the world, Lord, just just killing people for no reason. I just pray that you would soften their hearts and just show them the love and grace and mercy that you've shown all of us. I just want to lift these things up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. All right. So that's our world. As we come in closer, then we have Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, outermost parts of the world. Our Samaria are those who are marginalized, are those who we just need to have our personal hearts softened for. So Brian, would you come up and pray for those, please? We just want to pray that ultimately we as the church wouldn't be so calloused that we can't be an extension of God's loving arms, listening ear, mouthpiece. Samaria. Heavenly Father, we just come to you, Lord, and we know you have a heart of compassion and a heart of love. And Father, there's people out there that are hurting, that are neglected, Lord, that we as a church tend to avoid. And Father, I pray just for just your people and for us locally here that um, our hearts would be changed, that you would put a compassion and a love upon us, Father, that would compel us to reach out to those who are marginalized, those who we view as out of your reach, Lord, and that our hearts would melt and you would uh, just move us to love those people, that you will teach us, Lord, what it means to love as you love and that um, our hearts would be transformed, our minds would be transformed, that we would... um, just to have that desire to just love and pour out who you are and what your heart is to those people. And just those misconceptions, those lies that Satan has placed upon those people about you, that we could change that, that you would use us to let them know just how much you love them, just the compassion that you have, 
and that you're for them, not against them, Lord. So we just ask for the moving of your Holy Spirit just upon your people that we would just be open, be soft before you, and just to reach out to those that are just on the outside. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. All right, and then our third group will be Judea. So it's Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the world. Um, Judea speaks of our nation. And we have a, um, an, an, an election coming up. And in that election, if the Lord were to tarry, we're going to see Hillary Clinton or either Donald Trump, Ben Carson... I honestly don't believe uh, that this nation would put a Ben Carson in the White House because he's a Christian. Um, I I just don't see it personally. I'm not saying I don't wish it. Uh, I'm just saying I don't see it. And I think it's either going to be Donald Trump because he's so crazy, like out there, that people are like, oh, train wreck. You know, I want to see this happen. Or um, a Hillary Clinton because we just continue to slip and slide into the realm of uh, liberal as, as a nation, we're split right down the middle. We're about 51%, 49%, somewhere around there as far as just liberal and conservative. And um, I just, I don't see the numbers working. The trends are such, God can do anything. He can do whatever he wants. But we definitely want to be lifting that in prayer as it relates to our nation. Um, in the first service, uh, it was mentioned, because uh, we did the same thing in the first service, but it was mentioned uh, our monetary system is shot. We are printing more money just to keep up with the demand. Uh, China is buying up America, in case you don't know it. Uh, all of the precious real estate in America has just been buyed up by uh, China, and so people from China. And it's just interesting where we're at. Very short history this country has, has had so far. Uh, July 4th, 1776 just a little bit over 200 years old. And so, you know, we're this blip on the screen. Uh, We were powerful. We were the most uh, sought-out and powerful nation in the world. We were the the richest nation in the world. And you could see that just changing quickly. So when it comes to our country, um, we definitely need prayer. We need prayer for this election. We need prayer for just the Christians, that they would rise up and continue to hold fast to to the truth. And so, Eric, if you would, I'd like to have you come up and pray for our nation. Same thing with the uh, swallow your uh, taquito. What were you in there? It was an egg roll. Egg roll. Got it. <laughs> Let's pray. Dear right. Father, we just uh, come before you just give you thanks for the time that we have. Father God, I pray over this nation. Father, um, I just pray for the leaders. Um, I pr- I'm praying for just uh, the, fu- the pres- current president and the future presidents that are coming along, Father God. I really pray, Father, that your will will be done, whether you're coming soon or, or later, Father God. But um, we know there's uh, so many believers in politics, Father God, and I know. And I pray that they just step forward and uh, they shed light uh, about who you are, Father God. I just pray for uh, the right decisions to be made. And also just um, um, for those who are influencing them. I just thank you and praise you for everything you're doing in our lives. I thank you for the congregation, Father God, and those who are even making a small impact um, in our community. 
and those who are making an impact in our government. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And then finally, uh, we do Jerusalem, home base. And so in our home base, I, wanna, I pray for two different things. I want to pray for, first, um, just the homes that are represented here. The homes that are represented here, the roofs that we occupy, the roofs that we live under, our families, um, our friends, the people that we come in contact with. Okay, For that, Joey, I'd like you to come up and pray, please. So... As it relates to Jerusalem, then I want um, just homes and people that need to make decisions in, in their homes. Okay? Father, I just come before you, Lord, and as a congregation, we all pray, Lord, that uh, you would just give wisdom, Lord, to all of us individually, Lord, um, to just uh, make better decisions in our homes and for our families, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you would just fill us all with your Holy Spirit, Lord, and just uh, make us wise, Father, and uh, just continue to um, pray for our nation and for our leaders, Lord, and uh, this congregation as well, Lord. I just pray, Lord, that you would put your hand upon it, Lord, and just protect us all. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And then our last Jerusalem will be for the congregation, for the church. Um, The Lord has us here. The Lord has us in this community. Uh, the Lord has um, spoken certain things will be done through this fellowship within this community. God is doing incredible things through the fellowship in the community. And I just want to pray that God would continue to give wisdom. So Calvin, can you come up, please, and pray for... You're praying for um, the congregation. Thank you, Lord. For... The body for the congregation for believers, Lord. Um, I pray that we would continue to share your love. I pray that you continue to keep us encouraged, that we may stay connected with one another. I pray that we would bless you, Lord, um, that we'd glorify you in everything we do outside the church and in the church. Um, I pray for all the ministries represented, um, all the lives represented, that um, we would make the right decisions and that you'd guide us and lead us. And that we'd look to you for all things and that you'd be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. All right. And then finally what I'll do is I just wanted to read you some scriptures on Thanksgiving. And the heart that God would have us to have in the midst of just this time of the year. That we would be thankful. That we would have hearts of gratitude. And so just go ahead and follow along. Listen if you'd like to make a note of what scriptures. But in Psalm 95, verses 2 and 3, the Bible says, Let let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully to him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great king above all gods. And so God wants us to come into his presence with thanksgiving. If you think about what the disciples asked of Jesus. They didn't ask him how to raise the dead or how to heal the or hey, how do you turn those biscuits and fish sticks into a lot so that we can give free lunches to people because that was a real popular one. They never asked him those types of miracles or, or those types of things, but they did say, hey, can you teach us to pray? Can, can you show, you got something going on with that prayer life, Jesus. Can you show us how to pray? 
And so his model prayer, and it's retweeted, repeated twice. It's in Matthew and it's in the book of Luke. And it's, one is at the beginning, one is toward more the end of his ministry. And like Jesus, unlike us, at the end, Jesus shortens it. So, you know, if it was a pastor, he'd lengthen it. Oh, I can know a little more now. I'm going to make it longer. Not Jesus. He shortens it. But in that prayer, he starts out with what? Our Father. Our Father. He speaks of relationship. It's not my Father. It's our Father. It's a community of believers. There's a group of people that are assembled. It's our Father. And Father is, is screaming relationship, is it not? We are his children, and he is our Father. He's our perfect Father. He's a good Father. And so... When we come into his presence, we want to start with our Father. Holy be your name. Elevate him. Put him in his place. Because our struggles, our dilemmas, our concerns, our cares, they take their rightful place when we put him where he belongs, in his rightful place. And so when we come into his presence, we offer thanksgiving, it says in Psalm 95, 2 and 3. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 15 and 16, the Bible says, For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. I don't know if anybody's ill or going through a difficulty physically, But isn't that good to know that though our outward man is perishing, our inward man is being renewed day by day. And that's a cause, it says, for many thanksgivings. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 11 and 12, the Bible says, While you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God, for the administration of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also is abounding through many thanksgivings to God. And so through us being able to give graciously, it causes people to give thanks to God, according to 2 Corinthians 9, 11, and 12. And then in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 and 16, the Bible says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers." When you think of your sisters, offer thanksgiving. Give thanks for them. Thanks for who they are. Thanks for the fact that you have a relationship with them. Thanks that God has delivered them. In 1 Timothy 4, 4 and 5, the Bible says, For every creature of God is good, and nothing is to be refused if it is received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. So we give thanks for the food that sits in front of us with thanksgiving, and God separates it or sanctifies. I don't know how he does that when I go to Pharaoh's and get that big old boat of uh, uh, bananas and ice cream. Oh, oh, I just love me some. But I, I nonetheless and say, God, however you can take whatever is in this to, mm. so we give thanks for that too. Thanks for our food. First Chronicles 1634 says, oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. Psalm 100, verse 4, we read it earlier. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. 
Psalm 106, verse 1. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 4, our last one. And in that day you will say, praise the Lord, call upon his name, declare his deeds among the peoples, make mention that his name is exalted. And so throughout the scriptures, we are reminded to give thanks to God. This Thursday is Thanksgiving. It's an opportunity for many to get together and eat and have family and friends around. Um, So what we'll do is we'll get together and many times, a lot of times, you're seeing family and friends that you haven't seen in a long time. And we call them in-laws and outlaws. And so we want to pray for you. We want to pray for you this Thanksgiving, that you would be the light that God wants you to be. And whether that's light in the midst of darkness or light in the midst of light, pray that you would walk in the Spirit, that you would be mindful of the things of the Spirit. So if I can have Richard, please come forward. And I want Richard to close us in prayer. And so what I did was I tried to pick the people who are teaching a study once a week to come up and pray so that you can see what these guys are that God is raising up. Individuals that will be leading ministries in 2006. Uh, Richard will be overseeing our married couples fellowship. 2016, not six. So you're going to pray for the fact that we want to be light this Thanksgiving. Dealer, we just come before you, God, and just to know how marvelous you are and how wonderful you are, God. I pray that this Thanksgiving, as we continue just to walk by faith, God, we will be the light of the world. I pray that you would just help us, Lord, just to reach those out in the world, even within our families, God, as we come together. I pray that you will soften our hearts for those families that um, we just don't have a good connection with. And I know I'm guilty of it, too, as well. But I pray that you will help me, Lord, to to forgive within myself or my family or anybody that is, Lord. That I can represent you, God, to know that you are good and how great you are. And I want them to see that, too. So I pray that you be with us and guide us this week, every holiday that's coming up, Lord. And just for futures. We thank you, Lord, so much for everything you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Father, we thank you so much for the work of your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you add daily to the church as such as should be saved. And, Lord, it's not us saving people. It's not us um, getting people into our churches, Lord. It's just us being faithful where you have us, Lord, blossoming where you have us planted and just being faithful with what you've called us to, Lord. And if there's one in front of us, Lord, I pray that we would be faithful with that one, that that one would be the best discipled one that ever was. And so, Lord, we thank you for Joel and Katia and Amanda. We thank you for uh, just their faithfulness, Lord. We thank you for just the difficulties that they've experienced of late. Lord, we pray for Katia's health. We pray your healing hand upon her, Father. We pray that you'd strengthen them from the inside out and that you'd continue to give Joel vision, raising up leaders and bring them, Father, as you see fit for the needs that are represented where you have them, Lord. So we thank you for them and lift them up to you. 
as well, Lord, we lift up Ron and just pray your healing hand upon him. Touch his back, Lord. Give the doctor's wisdom, insight into what needs to take place. We pray you comfort him, Father, and that you just continue to use him with his family as he has this opportunity to be with them, Lord, during this time. So bless them, be with them, Father, as we lift these things up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship.